0: Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of Beyond the Noise. It has been a minute since I've been in this chair as the host, not just the co-host, but I'm so glad to be here today uh, on this wonderful evening. Hey, uh, we got a few things we wanna talk about. We wanna make sure that everybody understands that today is a very special show. We got a lot of special things going on. We love to talk about giving to the community. We love talk about giving back to our communities and love to see the people who have been doing things in the community. Come back, explain how, and show why it's important for us to grow the people around us. So today, I got my man with me. None other than one, the Terrence Dunbar Bay. This gentleman that's sitting next to me, we played together at TCU. He had a chance to go and play in the NFL for a stand with the Atlanta Falcons. And then he came out of there from the Falcons and he's only been doing great in the community. Right now, he has so many different things going on as far as giving back, as far as foundations, as far as showing young people in the, around our neighborhoods and our communities how to build a business, I am so happy to be here with my man, 50 Grand, Mr. Latarence Dunbar. Dunbar, what's going on, baby? How we
1: doing? Hey, man, thank you for what you're doing, actually. I mean, it's an honor to be back in your presence. (laughs) I appreciate it, you guys. If you guys don't know, uh, Greg Walls, man, we used to call him uh, the lockdown corner. And so as a freshman, when I got on campus, man, they threw me in the fire, and I used to challenge this guy every day as a freshman. So thank you for your mentorship. Thank you for being around, uh, being like a big brother. And uh, leading the way. So I'm definitely excited to be on your show and I want to say thank you for
0: uh, bringing me in. Man that means the world to me brother. Uh, I called uh, Dunbar the other day and said hey listen man I gotta get you on the show. Uh, We've had a chance to do a few things together. Uh, For those of you who are just tuning in, um, I have a company. I'm the CEO of a company Performance Experience and we do quite a a few things in the neighborhood as far as it goes. Uh, Sports performance, fitness, uh, leagues tournaments things and such and right. I'm here with my man Dunbar who teaches people in our communities how to grow and sustain wealth and then try to provide an opportunity for generational wealth so Dunbar before we talk about how amazing you have been in your own in uh Mr. South Oak Cliff's own yes, neighborhood sir. uh how did we get to that what brought you to TCU
1: well uh first of all like I said I'm from uh Dallas South Oak Cliff I uh my, my family was from Plano, so uh, I had an opportunity to move to Oak Cliff at a young age. Uh, and growing up in that community, I always knew uh, the potential that community had. So, hmm. uh, playing at South Oak Cliff, I went to Thomas Jefferson first. Uh, that's a school that just had the tornado a couple of uh, about a year ago. But anyway, hmm. Hmm. going to South Oak Cliff, I was an all-American, double-sport. I was from track, to football. I actually won state uh, in track, but I. What turned me on to TCU is, uh, I think when I got there, the record was 1 in 10. I had already committed <laughs> to Oklahoma State, and uh, but one thing about TCU, I knew if I stayed close to home, I'd have an opportunity to expand my life out to football and to sports. So getting a four-ride at TCU, uh, it just allowed for me to further my mission was to come back into my community and be a community project developer, as well as teach those from my inner city. Uh, that you can, too, come from a situation that um, you're always going to be in the limelight, but you can take your situations, and uh, no matter what level you go in your professional career in sports, you can also be a professional entrepreneur. Hmm. You can start your nonprofit, but more than more than anything else, you can now have the opportunity to
0: leave your imprint of your community, and I think that's what legends are made of. Man, I think that's fantastic. I want to take a step back from what you said and say, uh, explain to the people what a community project developer is. Okay. Know? So a community uh, project developer,
1: you can look at it similar to a a hybrid. Uh, Growing up, we know about universities and we know about uh, the typical trade school, Mm -hmm. but a community project developer is somebody who has at least uh, 10,000 or more hours in the community uh, uh, as a philanthropist. And they also uh, understand how to work with community municipalities, I'm Mm -hmm. sorry, they know how to work with government, and they have to, and they know how to work with nonprofits. So I have about, I have about 25,000 hours mm-hmm. on the job training, working directly with uh, communities. Uh, I'm also a uh, contractor with the Department of Labor, starting my own apprenticeship programs to teach others how to do that. I've been working with the local workforce commissions, police departments, and so uh, that's what I am—a community project developer. I mean, I'm the middle person between the community. Uh, the government as well as the nonprofits, and my program merges all of those individuals together so we can now have real resources to grow our community mm. instead of uh, you thinking that nobody cares.
0: So coming out of school, okay. right, coming out of school and growing into what you just explained because that's fantastic. It gives us an opportunity to understand how our community works and how we can actually grow economically, monetarily, mm. socially within the community based on hours of service or hours of work is there how does that get tracked how does that how do you how is that opportunity allowed when and how did you know about that let me ask that. So that's a better question how in the world did you know that that could exist coming out of school or coming out of your program
1: well growing up uh, my mom was always the uh the, the band director or uh, chair coach or uh, uh, the team mom and so when i started looking into philanthropy and started looking at some of the greatest who's ever led campaigns uh, I, uh, I had an opportunity to understand that track record. So at age 12, I knew I wanted to start my own uh, profit. I researched mm-hmm. the NFL. I knew the NFL was a 501c6. Uh, from my uh, growing up in the inner city, uh, being around city councilmen, I knew the difference between a 501c3 and a 501c4 was. And so I was already prone uh, uh, to be a philanthropist. Most mm-hmm. wealthy people become philanthropists. I just took that information and tried to do that uh, a lot e- a lot earlier uh, than a lot so when I was in TCU uh, mm-hmm. I, I was working on my hospitality management I know if I could have a job uh, as a manager I could turn around and learn how to be a franchise so that's why you remember me I was always working yep
0: always I, uh, <laughs> so, was working out
1: uh, the yeah <laughs> and, and so that's what I did I, I was already setting myself I knew what my degree was going to take me but I knew about the trades you know mm-hmm. I knew the importance of having on the job training hours mm-hmm. and so uh soon as I uh you know uh about around 2002, mm-hmm. when I uh, finished, uh, when I got drafted by the Falcons, mm-hmm. I started looking at things with work done about how to start a nonprofit, how to how to how to talk about uh, development programs, and I started looking at EB5 visa investments and federal contracting. But again, a community project developer is something you can have. That's a that's that's a hybrid. That's a degree and a certification, but it requires for you to have man hours actually in the community. How do I track them? Since 2014, I've been the number one. Uh, uh, one of the number one vendors for every stadium across America, mm. all right. Uh, as well as I, my, my community engagement, I've been working with police departments, local nonprofits. I probably main, I probably uh, started over about 1,200 nonprofits and mentored over 5,000 individuals. And so now I'm able to take that information and this is what
0: my 18th year doing this. I think yeah, I have yeah. it now uh, down to the T. So you took a passion and a spirit of giving. Right. And made it a career. Yeah. That, and that's what most people do. Uh, Warren, uh, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates.
1: All right. Uh, uh, you know, most people that are wealthy, uh, they start their foundation. And so I think if you want to be wealthy, you start, You know, generational wealth, you got to start looking at what they're doing. Yep. That should be your starting point. And they all have a foundation. Yep. They all have a trust. They all have a non-profit. Mm. If you talk about disaster relief, the biggest non-profits we hear about is the one with the uh, Habitat of Humanity. We mm-hmm. hear about uh, you know <laughs> uh you know um fema yeah, things like yeah. that so i think Red cross uh you know the whole nFL is supporting susan b coleman so i mm-hmm. think it's time for us as in our community we yeah.
0: start teaching our kids at age 12 you should have a nonprofit mm-hmm. all right now let's live right there because that i think that's an, an important place to stay when you say age 12 you need to have a nonprofit and when, when i hear non-profit a lot of people that i know people in our community or communities around the America, they hear nonprofit. They think 501c3. Is that correct? Right. So, but there are multiple facets to a nonprofit or a, a nonprofit business that allows different opportunities mm-hmm. uh, to earn money, to donate funds, and things of that nature. So, um, what areas do you do you encourage, or is it depending on uh, what direction you're trying to go, or is that that the direction you go with your mentorship program?
1: Well, I structure your nonprofits. So the first thing we do is we identify
0: uh,
1: out of the 28 categories mm-hmm. which one fits you. So it's 28 categories, 28 different nonprofits. Ooh, then, you know. Then, I, yeah. then I start looking at your structure. Uh, we, we're familiar with the LLC. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're familiar with the uh, S corp mm-hmm. uh, uh, and the C corp. But I didn't talk about L three C's and B corps. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 so that's the first three things I talk about. Identify the 28 different nonprofits. Then i let you know if you're a hybrid or you're a beneficial uh, B Corp that gives, uh, you know, giving and doing your work for a charitable cost. Yes. Once I identify that, then we talk about your passport. Hmm. Without a passport, you're probably not an American. Hmm. Right. <laughs> get yourself a passport. I mean, most people, you'll, you'll struggle, uh, you know, renewing your driver's license, but you're not putting the effort of $110 to get your passport that's hmm. going to last 10 years. Hmm. And that's the problem in our community. A lot of people were stuck because. They don't realize uh, if you don't have a right to travel or don't even know how to travel mm-hmm. or didn't do the paperwork or getting a passport, you're not thinking international. Mm-hmm. Just like college. If you've never seen a college football field yeah. or a college dormitory or a college bookstore, you can't talk about college. Correct. You know, you're just wishing. Yeah. And so yeah. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I think it's time now with my programs, I'm saying stop wishing, get off your knees, prayers have been heard, now stand up and start volunteering and get these on-the-job training hours that now transpire into a trade. So if we would have known that you can start a real estate company or a construction management company at mm. age 12, yeah. all right, start one. I didn't say yeah. run it. I said start one. Yeah. And then I you'd be it. under direct mentorship of your parents or those in the community that's really doing it. They can sign up on your hours. Mm. So at age 17 or 18, you're supposed to have about 10,000 hours of a trade mm. your associates and working on your master's and your bachelor's by the time you hit. You know your, your junior senior year, so I think it's time for our kids to kind of uh, det- dist- um, detach from what they were told from their older people, their mm-hmm. grandparents, all right? Because they didn't have these opportunities, right? And so I think I think that's what we're doing. Yep. When it comes to when it comes to athletes, uh, I think it's important now that we really focus on our student athletes because student athletes now
0: can get paid for their name,
1: licenses, yeah, and images.
0: Let's let's live right there. Okay. So. I'm so excited about today's show. We own Beyond the Noise. We're talking about uh, real work in the community. We're talking about philanthropy. We're talking about understanding how to uh, open the business. And we're gonna now go into how, why we're here, Correct. because what we do, uh, it falls right into what he does and that grew into a beautiful relationship for us. So to be able to work with you, the young guy I've been knowing since 1998, hard nose, raw and rugged, 100 miles an hour, hasn't changed. No, okay. Hasn't changed. So we've been rocking and running down the same street and didn't even know that we was running on the same street. But now we're back full circle. So let's talk about the partnership we have and why this fits and why this information is so important today because we live on a sports performance side and the education side and the coaching side. And then our business – lives in that space and for 17 years i've been running in that space and for 18 years he's been running in a workforce space and a philanthropy space so let's explain that partnership that we have that's going to build and grow communities across the nation in my opinion
1: correct so uh, we all know tomorrow uh is the uh annual gift day and so we have an opportunity now to literally support 50,000 young people between the ages of four to 18. All right, uh, that wants to participate in four different sports. Fifty thousand young people. Fifty thousand young people. We can support them monetarily. Monetarily. Uh uh, so that'll be step one. And so what this will do is kind of release uh the registration burdens that a lot of coaches have. Uh, mm-hmm. but with that, we want to also open up the accountability, meaning that parents uh unfortunately you cannot longer or no longer be detached from your child. So mm-hmm. one of the requirements for the parents that I require is that you participate in at least ten hours in a sport. So mm-hmm. if we can, if we can coach your, if we can coach your child for fifteen to twenty hours a week, you can at least give us ten hours a month. Mm-hmm. All right. Typically, our program lasts four hours. I mean, four weeks. Uh, that's the minimum. We don't do select. We don't do uh, traveling teams. Right. Uh, because we're not trying to be an elite. Uh, -hmm. Little League professional team, right? We want to be elite professionals that happen to play sports. And so, uh, and I think that's the uh, the the beautiful thing about this partnership and this relationship because I understand the educational piece, I understand the uh, the the uh, philanthropy piece, Mm -hmm. Uh, but now you can now come in and offer these young people certifications, coaching, refereeing, as well as giving them that. That dedicated work ethic because you actually went to college and played. You, you actually, you know, got the opportunity to go to a camp. And so <laughs> yeah. a lot of these coaches, uh, they don't realize the business part of the NFL mm-hmm. until they actually get there. And I had a chance to get drafted. And so I think it's time for us to kind of let our community know the proper structure. The NFL was a 501 C6. Give me they were a nonprofit. And so if they were a nonprofit and we're not mocking and doing exactly what they're doing in our communities, we're gonna fail because this is why we don't own stadiums. So my program is the only uh, program that's gonna give you the blueprint because that's my mission mm-hmm. is to own my own stadium. Mm-hmm. And this is why I'm moving the way I am. So how am I moving? I have 50,000 scholarships to give away before December the 31st, all right? These scholarships are worth $500 a piece. Yes. All right, so what's that? $25 million worth of scholarships to give away to young people between the ages of four to 18. Not only are we gonna give those scholarships away, we're gonna also now talk about the workforce
0: development piece. There you go. So that's the seventeen to twenty-four year old individuals that qualify. So let's stop you right there. Okay. okay we're gonna we're gonna come back to that you don't be on the noise, and we're talking about real things within our community, real opportunities for these young people to play sports. Right. Now I wanna interject where we are, where we fit in that age demographic between four to eighteen right. before we move on to the seventeen to twenty-four. Right. So those sports up to four sports we provide those sports performance experience provide those sports we provide football for four weeks we provide strength we provide weightlifting. we provide running techniques we provide baseball developmental skills volleyball developmental skills football developmental skills we provide these things and these opportunities so that $50,000, uh, 50000 uh, 50, scholarships, excuse me, they can be used on these programs that are designed for four weeks. And we will make sure we leave the information on where to find that uh, before we get off today. But have an understanding that this program ties together for what we're trying to do and build and develop the entire person in the community. It's right. just like he said, he, he had a chance to to play at the highest level. He competed at the highest level. He's been working in his field for more than 25,000 man hours. Right. I've had the opportunity to coach college football. I've had the opportunity to coach at the, at the at a high level in college and also at the high school level. So having an understanding of the developmental stages right. of athletics in multiple fields is where we fit. Is why I love this program. So... There are eligibility rules. All you got to do is click the link that we're going to leave. If you have any questions about what we're trying to get accomplished within the community to grow and build our own communities at affordable pricing and have a chance to start something for them that nobody can ever take away, please make sure you click the link, pay attention to what we have, read uh, the instructions, and apply. And if you're looking for a program in in your city, I'm confident we have one. Because we have programs in Mississippi, we have programs currently in Georgia, and we have programs in the great state of Texas throughout the mid cities uh, and and beyond. So, with that said, let's go into the demographic outside of the the leads and skills of 17 through 24. Mm-hmm. Is that the workforce development? Well, you know, if, every...
1: if we can, uh, the, the, the the message will be this: if we can now provide. Uh, a revenue and funding uh, for our young people the age of uh, uh, between the ages of 4 to 18, now we can handle half the problem mm-hmm. in our community. All right, we can put them in a safe environment where we know where they're going to be at. Right? Mm-hmm. Now we go into the, the young adults, the mm-hmm. 17 to 24s. Those are the ones that we have to make wake up quick fast and hairy. Mm -hmm. because those are the ones that's more likely going to see a jail cell before Mm -hmm. they see a college campus all right and we know this this is nothing new this has been around since (laughs) statistically speaking statistically speaking Mm -hmm. so now let's talk about the branding purpose so for the first time ever with my programs if you are four to 18 and you walk away from this program you're going to have a business where you can now hire Mm-hmm. Somebody between the ages of 17 to 24. Hmm. So let me say that again. If you were a student athlete, the chances of you being successful are going to be a lot more greater than somebody who's not a student athlete. Because it takes to show if you're a student athlete, you got the discipline to do what it takes to at least get an opportunity to understand what the possibilities is of life after high school. Okay. So that'll be number one. Uh, but with my program, now we can immediately teach student athletes how to open up a business. How much does it cost to get an EIN number? Mm. Free. Free. How much does it cost to get a Dun & Bradstreet number? Free. Mm. How much does it cost to open up an account if you have a physical sponsor? Free. Mm. So it's time for us to now stop talking about money and talking about the work ethic. Because if I can give you a Dun & Bradstreet, mm. EIN number, and I can sponsor you, that means you're going to get 85% of all of the effort that you put in instead of 10 to 10 to 15% that you're getting as a W-2. So if I can teach you numbers statistically saying that if you start a business and you build your credit for this next five years, you don't need the personal because everything else is business. See, professional athletes, you own your name like this in images. You're a contractor. So if we could teach them contract law at age 12, just like Diesel was a carpenter, we can answer all of the problems that we have. The problem is this, stop talking about there's no jobs when your little brother, if you keep him alive, can hire you and find mentors that can train you of something he's going to be because this is what LeBron did. He he, he found his own. The problem with LeBron, LeBron was he came from another community that did not have a lot of mentors.
0: Mm-hmm. And so so it so, takes the community to build the community.
1: Right. Well, let's show statistics. Most people mm-hmm. who don't make it to the NFL, they choose another path. hmm All right, let's talk about the population of those who don't play sports. All right, if you don't go to college statistics show, you're gonna need to be a tradesman, a business owner, or you're gonna have another number where you're working for free. Mm -hmm. So how can we attach those that are in jail? So example, if I have my own business and my own nonprofit, you could literally work for me in a workforce development program. Mm -hmm. I can now give you a certification or a trade as well as you can volunteer. So I just hit three parts of it. I can give you a certification, a degree and the hours that you need for you can better your life. And by the way, I'm only 12 years old. Mm. You hear me? So, so, my program is
0: very simple. So, how do people get connected to you? How do people find out how to involve themselves in the program? How do these kids find out about, uh, or these parents find out about these grant opportunities? I know, as for us, we'll have that information listed for you and yep. link. We'll take you to the website. But as far as the work you do, Dunbar, in the community, and these people who want to reach out, they want to help, they want to uh, figure out how to go about this business because outreach is everything and word of mouth means so much. And your credibility in in throughout neighborhoods that I'm aware of and in throughout the nation and in these stadiums, it holds true that you, you are a rock in these communities. How do these people reach you? Well, first, they got to reach themselves. Uh, how do you teach a
1: man to be perfect or a woman to fix themselves? Mm-hmm. They first got to fix themselves. So... The, th- the first thing they have to do is find a place to volunteer. Mm. There we go. All right? Don't, Don't don't you know, I'm everywhere. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm You know what I mean? I am the, I'm the, 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 the mission, the story. Mm-hmm. Don't look for me, find yourself. Okay. So, number one, start a business. Mm. How much does it cost to get an EIN? Free. Mm-hmm. Listen to this podcast over and over. Mm-hmm. You go to irs.gov, hit start a new business, mm-hmm. and you hit that button. It takes 15 minutes for you to put your information in. Number two, after you get that information, you go right to Dun & Bradstreet and get your Dun & Bradstreet number. Mm-hmm. Step number three, you take both of those paperwork, so you go to your register building, and you get an assumed name. Mm-hmm. All right? That's $16 worth of your time. Mm-hmm. All right? That's your stimulus check. Take your whole stimulus check mm-hmm. and put it right into your account. Mm-hmm. All right? And then the next step is you go to the workforce and then you let them know that you want to qualify as an employer and you want to hire your people in your community. And if they don't know how you do it, then you Google me. Don't all right, because right. I don't want I don't want you to I don't want you to find me instead of finding yourself. Mm-hmm. So number one is just do the simple processes to get yourself successful. Hit PE up because it is sports related to philanthropy. Mm-hmm. But if you don't even know what volunteering is, don't call me. Because the first thing you have to do with me is you got to volunteer. You gotta give. I mean you got to. You gotta give. Uh you know, because that's the <clears> only way you're gonna get the trade hours and the mandatory hours to
0: now put on your put on your resume you got to give the time in order to get those hours, in order to give yourself the opportunity that you're discussing.
1: Yeah, because right now we have federal funding. I mean, you got to kind of just get away from the Democrat-Republican battle and start talking about workforce development. How many hours do I need to get a certification in this particular industry? Hmm. Ask yourself that. How many hours do do I have to put in to be a professional blah, blah, blah? Then you Google that. Then once you get those hours and you're ready, then you come to me and I can put you in a situation where you're learning how to hire your manager. Hmm. If it's your company and you're hiring your manager, who works for who? There you go. You got to hire your mentor. You know, if you hire your mentor, your mentor will spend more time with you because I'm guaranteeing you, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. But if I can go to my mentor and say, if you give me a certification, I can now put you in my program and I can give you a grant to teach me, it's an easier process. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we have funding available, we have the opportunities available, we have the mentorship available. You got to make sure you find, as he said earlier, you got to find yourself in order to find the opportunity that lies within you. So with that said, man, we got to wrap this one up. I'm so excited uh, to have had this conversation again. We're going to leave the information necessary for you to see about you qualifying for the grant for one of these athletic programs, which will lead you into a mentorship or philanthropy program because it's not all about the sport. The sport is the vehicle you drive in order to get to where you're trying to go. Correct. Before we wrap this thing up on Beyond the Noise on this episode, which I've enjoyed so much, what would you like to leave the people with, Mr. Dunbar Bay? I would I like
1: to say uh first of all, let's let's get out of our let's get out of our houses. Let's start attending your city council meetings. Let's start being active in the community. Uh, let's go to these communities that we have young people between the ages of 17 to 27 who feel like they don't have an answer. Mm-hmm. Let them know that time is now. Stop the violence, increase the peace, and then start protecting our student
0: athletes. Absolutely. Well, that will do it for us. I'm super excited about the opportunity. We will see you next week on Beyond the North.